Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Good. Happy Happy New Year. It's awesome to, to bring in the new year with worship. Amen. And praising God. So yeah, I'll, I'll pray this morning and, and uh, we'll get going. God, thank you um, for who you are and your faithfulness, God. It was so awesome just to sing of your faithfulness and to remember your faithfulness throughout this past year and that you will carry on your faithfulness, God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We give you praise for that, Lord. And yeah, Father, as, as, as we enter this new year, we, we just pray that we would enter it with with hope that's rooted and grounded in, in who you are and who you want to be in our life and the fact that you, you are faithful and you are with us. Amen. Awesome. So, yeah, December 31st, this is in the time of the year where uh, a lot of us have a lot of hope for the new year, right? Before, before it starts, we, we have dreams and, and visions of what this new year uh, can happen, and it's a good thing. Some of you maybe have some New Year's uh, resolutions, and there's the saying that goes, um, new year, new me. A lot of people say this, um, but sometimes uh, we know how this usually goes. It, it doesn't always go that well, right? Uh, we, we have this hope for the new year. We come out of the gate really pumped that this year is going to be different, uh, and then life hits a bit, and, and motivation wavers, and, and, and dims, and emotions fade, and things get hard, and, and you start to give up, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself back to where you were before. So I've entitled this message, New Year, Same Me. I think sometimes we could feel this way, right? Sometimes we could feel, man, I, why is it... Why is it not um, New Year, New Me? Why is it the same me? Um, this is something that's really common because when I was looking at statistics, they said that 92% of New Year's resolutions fail and 80% fail by February. So 80% of them don't even make it uh, really out of uh, January at all. So this can really bring you to a point. We'll show some, some memes here this morning can bring you to a point where, where you feel like this. My goal for 2022, to accomplish the goals of 2021, which should have been done in 2020 because I promised them in 2019 and planned them in 2018. <laughs> Anyone can feel like that? Or let's go to the next one here. Or you feel like this when you realize that you've had the same New Year's resolution for the past seven years. It's discouraging. You want to go ahead to the next one? And you're just like, oh yeah, new, new year, new me, you start giving up, you can go to the next one too. And then you realize, hey, if I don't make a new year's resolution, I'm not going to break any. That's, there you go, that's a new strategy, right? And then I love this one, this one's really good, new year's resolution, I resolve to cancel the gym membership that I got last January. <laughs> Anyone been there before? We can end up like this, like this couch potato here, just, just frustrated and, 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 and really at, at the end of ourselves because we, don't, we, we want to change, we, we want to see a, a new me, but, but sometimes we're, we, we, we're living in this life of, of struggling through it. Um, 
And as a Christian, we can't become this couch potato. Whether you make a New Year's resolution or not, there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. But whether we make one of these or not, we have to resolve that, that God is wanting to transform us. And we need to commit to that transformation, amen? That's, an, that's non-negotiable for, for us as, as believers that we resolve to change. Um, we are not, we're Christians, which means kind of little Christs, right? Little anointed ones. We're to look like Jesus. Another name for a Christian is a, is a disciple of Jesus. And what a disciple does is a disciple learns, right? A disciple is a learner. But they don't just go to school to, to learn head knowledge. They learn to be exactly like their rabbi, exactly like their teacher, and as soon as you sign up for Christianity, you become a disciple of Jesus, which means I'm dedicating my life to the ways of Jesus. I'm following him. I'm, I'm desiring to come more like him. So we can't become content with, with who we are. We can't just give up on, on, on even though maybe sometimes change is hard. We, we have to say, no, this is the life that I'm called to live. If we become content with who we are and where we are and, and we, we lose sight of wanting to change, then actually we become content reflecting our own image instead of the image of God. Amen? And that is something that's scary. Tell your neighbor, that is not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. It's not cool to just say, oh, well, I'm unapologetically me. I've heard that before. I'm unapologetically me. It's like, well, you're a bit, of a, you're a bit rude. Unapologetically, you're rude. And if you're just you, but you don't look like Jesus, you're, you're losing the, we're, we're losing the point as Christians of why we're really here. So we need to resolve in 2024 to, to look like Jesus and, and, and strive to look more like him. And this is, this is a hard road, right? We, we saw these memes and we saw the statistics of New Year's resolutions. So it's a tough road, and, 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 but, but I think it's a road that... that uh, we, we have what it takes to accomplish because we have the Lord. And so we're, we're going to take a look at a few things that I think if we keep in mind for this new year, um, then hopefully we, we can actually journey towards change. And my, my, my desire today is not to just pump you up. You know, I could pump you up with motivation like a balloon and you're all pumped up and then you go outside in the cold air and you, you pop. That's not my desire. My desire is to see this, this as grounded motivation where we can change. Because I want 2024 to be a year where at the end of it, I, I look more like Jesus. Amen? I want that to be the desire. I'm just going to pray that that's our desire going into this year and then we'll dive into these things. God, we want our desire to be in 2024 that you shape us that you move in us, that we look more like Jesus. God, we want to resolve to look more like you. This is why you put us on the earth. So God, as, as we look at this, and, and, and maybe we have some people in this room that have given up, God, I pray that your spirit would meet us in these moments here together this morning. Amen. So we're going to look at, again, three things that I think sometimes sink New Year's resolutions or our desire to change. And, and three things that coincide with that that I think we need to remember if we want to change. The first thing that we need to remember is we need to remember why. 
We, we need to have a why in our hearts. When, when we have a desire to change, what's your why? Right? Because so often we have a desire to change, we want to see this change, and then again, things get hard. It always gets hard, right? Have any of you ever had a desire to change and it was just really easy? No, life happens and we're in this battle. We have an enemy. We have hardship. We have trials. So, so when these trials hit, what's your why? That's really motivating you to carry on past the, the uncomfortability that you're in or the pain that you're in. There's this quote from Terry Bly, who's a, a psychologist, and the quote is, the pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of changing for us to really change. It's an interesting quote, but I've, it makes a lot of sense. When, when, when the pain of trying to change comes in, because that's gonna, change is going to be uncomfortable, right? We're about to have a Daniel fast. You want to change your habits, it's going to be uncomfortable. If you want to fast media, that's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some pain there. So when that pain is there, why are you continuing on? What's your why? What's your motivation? Um, and this is why I, I really, I'm not good at running on a treadmill. I'm awful. I run on a treadmill and it starts out pretty good, right? I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm running. All of a sudden you get a little bit more tired. Right? And that's not a big deal. So you, you run a little bit more, but eventually my, your brain will ask you, you know, or tell you, you don't have to do this, Brenton. Like there's a button, you could press it any time and it stops and the pain subsides and you could catch your breath. It's kind of pretty cool. So it's in this moment that I have to have a why. I have to have a, a, a goal in, in mind. And, and when, it, when I went to the gym, there these people with, they, they, you could tell they had this goal. They were pressing forward. They were, they were motivated. And for me, I don't know, my goal was just to just move a little bit, right? People ask me, what's your goals in the gym? Just to move, right? <laughs> just to not, not be on my butt all day. And so... I didn't often run with much conviction on the treadmill because I, I ended up like, oh, what's the point? And now I'm working on my dad bod, so the gym isn't for me right now. Be counterproductive to that. But when we're, when we're running in life, do we, do we have a why? Do we have this drive in, in the race that we're running? In 1 Corinthians 9, this is actually right where I ended off in the Corinthians series. This is what Paul says. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. He was talking about the Olympic Games where actually those that, that really entered the games would have a 10-month span where, where they had to promise that they would train and, and their meals were, were all spelled out for them. They, they, they couldn't drink wine. They had to go into st the strict training so that they would, be, they would be ready for the games that were coming. They, they do this to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And now here's Paul says, therefore, therefore, with that in mind, with, 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 with that in mind, with this crown in mind, I, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. My translation is I don't run like Brenton on a treadmill <laughs> with no point. 
There, there's, there's a goal here. There, there, there's a greater purpose. I don't fight like a bo- boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave. So after I've preached to others, I myself um, will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul entered his, his life into not running aimlessly, but running with purpose because there was a greater picture in mind. There was a crown that lasted. And I, I want to ask you this morning, how are you competing? How are you training your, your life um, so that you could run this race that God has prepared for you? Are you training like, like an Olympic trainer? Are you running aimlessly? Are you training like Brenton on a treadmill? God wants us to have vision. God wants us to to see this this eternal purpose, not to just be caught up with the here and now, but to be caught up with the greater picture of who he is. And if athletes who are are doing this all for for a trophy that that is gonna wash away, they did it for this, this crown wreath that was just going to, to die, and we do it for an eternal crown, then we should have this resolve and this motivation to, to train and, and, to, and to discipline our lives so we can serve God. Athletes do this for their country or their city or, or their teammates, and we do it for our king, Amen. Athletes try to build a dynasty as teams. If they win four championships in a row, it becomes a dynasty. And it's like, I was part of that dynasty. But we as believers were part of the kingdom of God and building his kingdom. Athletes build their own legacy, but we get to be part of God's legacy. You're part of the legacy of God. In Hebrews 11, it talks about Many people of, of faith, men and women of faith, and, and what they accomplished by faith. And it, and it always starts by faith, Moses, by faith, Abraham, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. This is what these people did. And then in Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, therefore, right? Since we're part of this bigger Bigger run race of faith. Sometimes we lose sight that really the, the baton has been passed on to us and we're part of this greater picture. We, we lose our, 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 that focus of the why. Why are we doing this? What, what's our part in all of this? Well, we have a part in all of this. So I love what Hebrews 12 says. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. All that's not going to help us to run this race. Let's throw it off. And let's run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. We need perseverance, amen? We need perseverance. And and perseverance, I I think, is really why so many times we we have this resolution to change, but, but we don't see any change. We lack perseverance. Paul talks about perseverance and how we can have it in in verse 2. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right right hand of the throne of God. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus had a, a why as well when he was going to the cross, when he was coming to earth? It wasn't just like he was, a, sometimes maybe we think it was, Jesus was a robot, 
right? Oh, Jesus died for us just because he's Jesus and, and that's it. But he had a why. He had a conviction. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He, he saw the joy that was on the other side of the pain and the suffering that he went through. And that joy was to be glorified and to sit at the right hand of God. But also that joy was me and you, amen? Bring his sons and daughters home to him. And Jesus saw this joy as he went through his, his, um, his death. And it says he scorned the shame of, of the cross, the shame that was associated with the death he died. And Paul says, fix our eyes on him and then consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider Jesus. Consider him. Look, look, he is our, our pioneer. He is the perfecter of our faith. If our eyes are off of Jesus and who he is, we're not going to be able to have the perseverance to endure. Amen? So we need to zoom out and see the why of, of why we're running. Like, why are we on this earth? And why do we exist? And why do, when pain again and hardship comes, why do I persevere? Why do I not give up? When everyone is crooked in, in, in the way they do business, why am I being righteous, right? Why do I pursue purity? Why, why do I hold my integrity when everyone else doesn't? It's, we got to zoom out and look at the why and look at Jesus who went before us. This perspective is going to give us perseverance. In James 1, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's such a hard thing to do, amen? It's a great verse to read, such a hard verse to live out, to consider it joy when a trial comes. Is that hard, church? Are you awake? That is not easy. It's so easy not to consider it joy. But why do we consider it joy when a trial does come? Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may, may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. We, we rejoice and, and we consider it joy because we realize that life isn't just about being comfortable. Life isn't about taking the easiest route possible. It's about being faithful to, to what God called us to do. Amen? And if we can learn to be faithful in a trial and, 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 and have perseverance and have hope in, in who God is and his character and let him sustain us in our time of weakness, then we can get through anything. And again, our, that, that level of character is more important than our, our comfort in that situation. So when, when we go through hardship, we need to remember why. The second thing that I think we need to remember if we want to resolve to live a life of, of changing to be more like Jesus is we have to remember that we will reap what we sow. Galatians 6 says this, don't be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. There's two things that, that, that Paul is trying to tell uh, the, the church here in just this little passage. The first is, don't become weary in doing good. 
And I think sometimes we become weary in doing good because we want to see instant results. Amen? How many of you love instant results? Instant meals. No, they're not very tasty, are they? <laughs> good meals take time, right? They take time. And, and, and to build character as a person, it, it takes time as well. And I, I think sometimes we grow weary in doing good because we say, well, I tried, God. I tried. I read my Bible for a week. Like, I went to church for a month. I, I tried to, 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 to serve you, and, and, and I didn't see anything. I sowed, and nothing happened. But farmers and gardeners in the room, do we have any farmers or gardeners? Awesome. A little one over there. That's wonderful. Right on. Do you ever harvest the same day that you sow? No, there's laughter in the room, right? That would be funny, right? Or, or, or even to do it the next day. You sow some potatoes, you, you come back the next day, and you're like, they didn't grow at all. I sowed, I put, it, I put them in the ground, they were good potatoes, and nothing. What's going on? What's wrong with them? But again, the, the, the harvesting and the reaping is the result of faithfully sowing, Right? And sometimes we, we don't even let this, this process of, of sowing come to where we actually reap a harvest and we give up. Paul's saying, don't give up. If you truly sow in the Spirit, you will see a harvest, amen? That's a promise. That's a promise. We will see a harvest. The second thing that this, this passage is saying so powerfully is the crop we receive is the one that we've sown, Farmers in the room, have you ever planted potatoes and then at the end of the harvest season you dug up carrots? <laughs> One person, cool. <laughs> if that happens, you, you didn't plant potatoes, right? If you, I don't know how you would mix those two up. It's probably hard to do. But, but if, if you dig up carrots, you planted carrots, right? It's as, it's as simple as that. And this is what it says in this passage, whoever sows to please their flesh, what do you expect? From their flesh they'll reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. But sometimes we, we expect a different crop than what we've sown, right? Or maybe sometimes we don't even realize what we're sowing in our hearts and the seeds that, that we are sowing every day. We don't give thought to what we watch, what we listen to. We don't read our Bible that much. We're, we're being discipled by, by our phones more than we are the, the, the words of God. Sometimes we don't pay attention of what's really even growing in our hearts, right? We don't do the gardening of our own hearts. If, if a weed is growing up, it's, it's, it's going to choke out some stuff, right? So we have to pay attention to, to, to what we're sowing, and, and what, we're, what we're harboring in our hearts. James 3, it's, this is so powerful. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, if you harbor those things, I think for all of us, it's a temptation to have envy and selfish ambition in our hearts, amen? But do we harbor that? Harboring means... They're boats that come into our dock and we say, you could stay here. You're welcome here. Set your anchor down here, right? Stay, stay in my heart. Bitter envy and selfish ambition. Let's just camp out here. 
James says, if you harbor this in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Don't, like, don't kid yourself. You're not following God. Such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven. It's earthly and spiritual, demonic. And where you have envy and selfish ambition, you, you have the fruit of that. Disorder in every evil practice, right? You'll see the results coming out of your life. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Look what it says in verse 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap the harvest of righteousness. Isn't that powerful? When you, when you sow these seeds, you'll reap the, the fruit of them, right? When you, when you harbor the, the seeds of envy and selfish ambition, you'll reap the fruit of those. Um, Jesus said it so, so plainly to, to the Pharisees. The Pharisees he called whitewashed tombs. They, they were pretty on the outside and really ugly on the inside, or they, they were trying to be pretty on the outside. This is what Jesus says to them. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, the fruit will be good. That makes a lot of sense, right? If everything's going right with the roots of the tree, they're, they're getting life, that's going to translate to the fruit. If a tree is bad, the, the fruit is bad, you brood of snakes, how could you evil men speak like what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you will say. You can't rise above what you're sowing in your heart, right? You can't rise above that. And sometimes we, 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 something ugly comes out of our life and we say, where did that come from? Well, it came from somewhere, Right? We have to do some gardening in our heart and, and look at, at what we're harboring there and, and allow and sow seeds in the spirit instead of the flesh. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What are you storing in your heart? What are you treasuring in your heart? This is where in, in Proverbs it says, Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, church. Above all else. If we can manage to guard our heart, then, then we make sure that, that we're sowing seeds in the, in the spirit. And, and what, what's going to happen is everything flows from it right? Everything flows from our heart. This is why above all else we need to guard our heart because this, this is, where, this is the, where the battlefield happens. It's where, where, where the enemy is going to speak lies. It's where God is going to speak truth and, and our own mind is going to say something as well. And, and what are we doing? Are we watching over it? Are we guarding it? Are we sowing seeds of the flesh or seeds of the spirit? What are we harboring in our hearts? In Psalms 119, it says, how could a young person stay on the path of purity? It's, a, it's an amazing question, right? I wonder if David asked that question in his life. How, how can I do this? Like we live in a, in a world that's corrupt, in a world that's, that's evil. How are we actually supposed to follow God and not conform to the things of this world, but truly be transformed by, by the Lord? How does this happen? I love what he says, by living according to your word. That's the first thing that we need to do, 
right? We're, we're not following our own truth. We're following the truth. We're, not, we're being conformed into his image, right? So we have to shoot for living according to his word. But David doesn't stop there, right? He doesn't stop there and says, well, I just, I just follow the Bible. All right, thanks, God. Amen. There's more. There's more here. Look what it says. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statues as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. David is sowing. He's sowing in the spirit. He's storing up a treasury of God's truth and meditating on God's ways. He's worshiping God. He's, he's seeking God in intimacy. He's after his heart. And, and he's setting his mind on what's true. Like it says in Philippians, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, let's think about these things. So we need to remember our, our why. We need to remember that we will reap what we sow and lastly, Angie's on stage already, so we're, we're going to end eventually. But lastly, we need to remember grace. Amen? You need to remember grace. We, we reap what we sow, but we don't get what we deserve. Amen? Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person in this auditorium the ones on stage as well, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And when I look at the statistics of New Year's resolutions and their, their success rate being very low, I think of that as just a reflection of humanity. Amen? We fail. Did any of you fail in 2023? Did any of you fall short of the glory of God in 2023? Few did, I bet. All of us did. Well, Proverbs 24 says this, the, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. In 2024, we, we, want, we need to remember grace and the fact that God isn't demanding perfection. He's demand, he wants perseverance. That's rooted in, in him and rooted in his grace. So for those that, that have given up on yourself, and if you're honest with yourself, you're entering 2024 like this, uh, like this lady here. What's the point? I, I, I can't change. And you've given up on yourself. I want to tell you today, God has not given up on you. And I hope that you're convinced of that. I hope you're convinced of the gospel that God has not given up on you. It might be a new year and you feel like it's the same you. Well, it's a new year and it's the same God. Amen? Look at this verse, Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Can you believe that for yourself? This is, this is what the gospel is. 
that you're not perfect. And God is, and he sent his son to take your imperfections and to take your sins. And he he died on a cross and he said, it is finished. And the veil that stood in the temple was torn so that you could be in his presence. Hebrews 4 says, let's then approach, let's then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You, You can do that this year, right now. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter the decisions that you've made this last year, you can be in the presence of God. It's not because of your works or your actions, amen? It's because the faithfulness and the obedience of Jesus and in this free gift of eternal life. If you have faith in him and have this this confidence in, in your savior Jesus, you can draw near and be in his presence. And when we're in his presence, we're changed. Amen? Change is is hard, but the more I'm getting old and developing some gray hair, the more I'm I'm realizing that the hard thing to do with change is just to draw near to God. It's to remain in the vine. It's just to, to be with him. And, and when, I, when I do that and I'm not distracted, when, when I consider Jesus and I fix my eyes on him and I spend time with him, this is where change is organic, amen? Wow. This is where I see the fruit of change. And I, I want to encourage you, if you want to change in 2024, hang out with God. That's simple. Hang out with God. I remember when I was, I was kind of that, that picture of seven years in my life, and I was like, I don't think I can do this. I, I can't change. The reality was, well, Brenton, you can't do it, but God can. So hang out with God. And I'll put in brackets, hang out with godly people as well. In, in this place, as you enjoy the presence of God, as you, like David did, you saturate yourself with his truth and his word, and you get in, 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 in scripture, this is where change is, is going to happen organically. I have one last verse this morning, 2 Corinthians 3. We all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Beholding the glory of the Lord, boom, we're being transformed. Behold the glory of the Lord in 2024. Let him shape you. Let let him change you. David said, search me, Lord, and and, and know my anxious thoughts and lead me in the way everlasting. Let him do that. Let him correct you. Let him discipline you like a good father. And let him shape your life. And and, and when you commit to doing that, you will reap a harvest. Amen? Awesome. Let's stand. Yeah, God, we we thank you for who you are. God, we we thank you that that we have this this race that we're running, Lord God. We have this purpose. We're we're part of this this bigger picture. We're 
We're, we're grabbing the baton of faith that those before us handed down to us. And now we have our own race um, so that we could be part of the legacy of God and building your kingdom, Lord God. And Father, I, I just pray that, that we could see that this morning. And when life gets hard, we'd, we'd zoom out and we'd say, whoa, I, I've got a reason to run. I've got a reason to get back up. I've got a reason to persevere. It's because of Jesus. It's because that he made me and he made me for a purpose. God, I pray that 2024 would be a year of faithfully sowing and faithfully sowing and faithfully sowing and not growing weary and not giving up. And God, we, we give you thanks for your grace and your mercy. God, if we didn't have your grace, then, then we wouldn't even have a shot. God, we fail time and time again, but you are faithful, God, and you will be faithful. God, thank you for a new year and the same God that you're with us, that you love us, and you're going to anoint us. And as we spend time in your presence, you're going to help us to change. You're going to help us to, to run and not grow weary and walk and not grow faint. So God, be with your people. And, and Holy Spirit, I, I pray for just a, a godly motivation, Lord God. God, I pray for, just like Paul said, he, he doesn't run aimlessly, but, but he runs with purpose. He competes. He strives toward a goal. I pray that we could do that in 2024 because you put us here for a reason. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.